Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Body Laces podcast. My name is Bill Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. We had another great week of football, and we're looking forward to another great week of football. How are you, Bill? I'm doing fantastic as well. I, I decided to steal your line this time around, and uh, I just can't wait to get into this week. Just get talking football with you. Yeah, for sure. What's the uh, what's the first topic on the agenda? All right, we're gonna dive right into it this time. So um, we've basically started off every show talking about COVID and how the league has been responding to it. So the league just had their meeting this past Tuesday, and the main message that came out of that was to from the commissioner was to just make sure that the league doesn't get complicit in their protocols and um, testing procedures. And he basically gave this quote, we cannot grow complicit, not the players, not the coaches, not the rest of the personnel. 90% is not good enough in this environment. And this is a lot kind of having to do with what happened with the Tennessee Titans last week. I mean, if you remember, they would have they had to uh, postpone their games, and they had to they even had to put, ended up playing on Tuesday this week because of their COVID situation. So, in the end, the league is trying to avoid having a Week 18 scenario, which may or may not happen from what we know. Yeah. Um... A lot of games have already had to be rescheduled because of uh, just teams having to shut down due to players testing positive. And, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely important for the league to try and stop that as much as possible, not just for, you know, the, the sake of the league schedule, but also to make sure that the the players and coaches and, you know, staff members are all – being healthy as well so yeah it's good it's good that they're still updating these protocols and making sure that they're being followed one thing that isn't really on the plan though which who knows it may come up later but the idea of putting together some type of playoff bubble like what the nba and the nhl had to do i don't i don't think uh Football is a different animal. You can't really tackle it the same way that other leagues have been tackling um, their situations, and it's just going to continue to be an ongoing process for everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, other other sports have had success with the bubble as well, um, but like you mentioned, I, I don't know how the NFL will be able to do it, especially with the NFL having far more players on a team than, you know, many of the other sports teams have. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think the whole thing is just a work in progress, you know, we'll just have to, we'll have to see how it goes from here on out. They're also updating the testing protocols basically. So people who are in the tier one, players, coaches, trainers are going to be um, going through the PCR testing um, every day. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not every day. They'll be going, in addition to what they were doing, 
they will be tested on game days as well. So that's going to be a change because I don't think players would be tested on game days. I think they were tested either the day before or something like that. So it's just going to be another added element of precaution that goes into place. Yeah, and uh, I think that's definitely a good measure to put into place. But I think it's also going to be difficult because of, you know, just the the idea that you're you might have a player or a coach test positive on game day, and you know how's how's that going to work out? We've already seen, like for the Patriots when they had to play without Cam Newton. And they knew that Cam Newton was going to be out, what, was it the day before or two days before the game that they were going to play? And Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and that even that early notice still kind of screwed them over a little bit in terms of game plan because it's, you know, it's not something you would expect. So, you know, how are they, they going to fare when somebody is taken out on game day? I was honestly kind of surprised to find out that they weren't testing on game day. I thought they would have tested on game day, but again, it's an it's an ever going process, and we aren't. And they're doing the best they can, and so far it's been relatively good. Like not many people have been ending up on the COVID list, and those who have have been isolated, and teams have taken the right steps. So we can only hope to. Um, believe that they're going to continue to follow this process and we get to have a full NFL season ahead. Yeah. And uh, speaking of somebody who's not going to have a full NFL season, Dan Quinn, the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons, longtime head coach was fired uh, after the Falcons started 0 and 5 for the first time since 1997 and also fired from the Falcons was general manager, Thomas Dimitrov. So thoughts below. It's not surprising, honestly. I mean, they haven't been playing good and the Falcons the first few weeks of the season have lost some pretty um, winnable games like the Cowboys, the Bears, two games that come to mind, they they could easily have maybe two or three wins in this situation if they just handled some moments in each of those games properly. And again, 0-5 isn't going to get you anywhere. We've already uh, witnessed that once with Bill O'Brien in the Houston Texans. So... Now it looks like Raheem Morris um, and offensive coordinator Dirk Cotter, uh, Dirk, yeah, Dirk Cotter will be um, possibly taking over the job. I don't, I don't even think it's been officially announced yet, or if it has, I'm not aware of it. But interesting thing is both these head, these both these coordinators were head coaches in Tampa at one point in their career. Interesting. Also, another note: the fact to note is that Quinn went forty-three and forty-two in his six seasons in Atlanta. So, so they he just, uh, he just um, <laughs> they I mean, they sent him away just so that he could have a a winning record. 
Dude, that record was in, in jeopardy. Yeah, you're right. If they lost one more game, I mean, they went seven and nine back to back years before this. And but I think one thing he's always going to be remembered for is that Super Bowl against the Patriots. No one forgets a 28-3 lead in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry, in the third quarter of a Super Bowl. And then, I mean, after that Super Bowl, he did have a losing record of 24-29. and 29. So he had that really high year, and then it kind of came crash, crash landing after that. So. Yeah, I mean, he's I a mean, great. He's a great coach. He played with he coach the Seahawks, as we know. So, and sorry, I cut you off before. No, you good. You good. The Falcons are a team that has talent. You know, I mean, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. That connection has always been like, oh wow, they're they're one of the the great quarterback wide receiver duos of of the present time. So, but for how long? Julio's been hurt. Ryan's been playing for almost over 10 years now. So, and they really only had to show for it was that Super Bowl, which they lost. So, it's like, how much left is there? I'm not saying either one of them is retiring at any point soon, but it's like, you had all this time. You've been able to do everything. Show us something. Yeah. Um, in other news, the Saints are exploring the possibility of playing their home games at LSU's Tiger Stadium. Uh, do you have any thoughts about this? You, you're giving me an interesting look here. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, I know you want to have fans and everything in front, but it's not the time. If you're see if you're trying to go around the regulations which are designed to protect you in the moment, why? Like people you want people to go and I, I get it, but it's I don't get it. Um there's it's a health concern still. The Saints are apparently have requested a an exemption from the city of New Orleans to allow roughly twenty thousand people in the stadium, and remember their stadium's a dome, so it, it's an indoor facility, and the virus isn't going away anytime soon. So it makes to see what's going to happen. All right, and uh, we had a. We had two storylines, two uh, very related storylines this week in that the week where Alex Smith is able to take his first snaps on an NFL field since 2018, the same week has Dak Prescott going down with uh, a really horrific ankle injury. So why don't we, uh, why don't we get the bad news? Out of the way first, talk Dak Prescott, and then go into Alex Smith. Yeah, um, with Prescott, um, you just feel for the guy. He's in a contract here. He's trying to he play, put up some really good numbers. 
but uh, it just happened. What was it? He was just running too. Like he was on a run. He was on a run play, and then um, I think he was trying to like slide, wasn't he? Yeah, I I believe I don't know his his leg got caught underneath the defender, and um, you know it's just the the randomness of football. It it happens, and you can't you can't do anything about it. But then it was just nice to see. Both teams, like you could tell the Dallas players, they were like, what? Because they had a good feeling that, yeah, our season's over in a way. I mean, who knows? They're still playing in the worst division in football. So um, they might, they still have a chance in the playoffs. But, uh, and Jason Garrett, Prescott's old head coach, was the offense, is the offense coordinator in New York. So it was just nice to see that he was also right next to him when it happened. I mean, he was in a lot of pain. You see the video of him getting carted off the field and you just feel for the guy. And now he goes to see he's going to be around next year, which I believe he could still be. Um, I would think so. He was putting up good numbers this year. It all comes back to the contract, though. What do you pay him? Or do you franchise them again? It's, True. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be difficult, especially since you know you you don't know how he's going to recover from the injury. Um, I mean, Alex Smith took a very long time to recover from a similar injury, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just so difficult to predict. But um, I feel like. For the Cowboys, they're in decent hands with Andy Dalton taking the reins as the the new starter. And I mean, he's had like nine years of experience as a starter mm-hmm. himself, so he's been right. in the playoffs. So who knows? The Cowboys still have a chance, but we just brought in Alex Smith, so I just jump right into that transition. That was one of the, probably the best moments. Like the game was horrible, but like just seeing him come back on the field after. In November 2018, November 18th, 2018 was when he suffered that horrible injury where they could have possibly had to amputate. Like, it got to that bad. And just seeing him out in the field was um, was a really not good sight to see. And it would have been better if Washington could protect him. He got sacked six times. Uh-huh. One by and like uh especially like by Aaron Donald. Which at the same time though it's like after not getting after um not playing for that long and knowing you can take the type of hit can um can be uh, a boosted con- a boosted confidence for him and the team. But Kyle Allen, who got hurt with an arm injury, ended up getting cleared to to uh, come back in the game, but he stayed on the sideline and allowed Alex Smith to continue continue playing. But it looks like he's not going to be back for long, which you don't want him to. Yeah, we don't wipe the other guy in this situation. I mean, you know he can take a hit. You know he can play. 
but why put him in that situation? Right. Um, I think Kyle Allen has already been named the starter uh, next week, week six, or this week, I should say, uh, week six, if he's healthy. So, uh, yeah, Alex Smith will get to rest on the sidelines. I just, I don't know. When I was, when I was seeing Alex Smith out there on the field and running around, I guess two thoughts went through my mind. Number one, I wish there were fans. You know, I wish the situation were a little bit different where you'd be able to see more people cheering for him live. I feel like that would have been a big moment. Um, and number two, man, I was really terrified to see him hit so often. <laughs> I was, uh, imagine I how was, his family was feeling. They were, yeah. they were there. Uh-huh. They were able to watch him in the stands, but just imagine how they were feeling seeing that happen. Yeah. I was just really worried that, I don't know, something would happen and, um, that would have been awful, but Alex Smith has uh, survived the game. He is uh, looked not too bad. He looked all right, maybe a little bit rusty, but uh, yeah. anyone would be rusty. Put him in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> even Tom Brady was rusty when he had that ACL tear back in oh eight oh nine. When he came back from that, that was um, he didn't look. So- Took a little while for him to get back to the rhythm. I think the only thing with Alex Smith is he won't have that chance to um, get back in that because he's going to be the backup. Yeah, he'll be. Uh, he'll probably get more practice time now. Yeah, he'll be juggling the clipboard and helping out his uh, his other young quarterbacks. Speaking of juggling, the NFL has had to juggle their regular season schedule because of uh, the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots testing positive and having their games postponed. So there are eight teams that have been affected and uh, it's, it's quite a lot. Let's see over here. We have, Denver's game at New England, which was originally scheduled for Sunday, then moved to Monday and will now be played this Sunday. (laughs) Um, Kansas City and Buffalo, which was supposed to be Thursday night, tonight's game? There's no game game going on tonight. It was supposed to be the Chiefs and Bills, but... Since the Bills played Tuesday night, it's just not enough time to to um, have a game, another game. Yeah, so that's been moved to Monday the 19th. And, of course, this creates a whole bunch of other ripple effects in the NFL with Jets at Chargers being moved from Week 6 to Week 11, Jaguars at Chargers being moved from Week 8 to... Week 7, Chargers at Broncos being moved from Week 11 to Week 8. Chargers at Dolphins moving from Week 7 to Week 10. And Dolphins at Broncos moving from Week 6 to Week 11. So, uh, yeah, 
look look forward to more of this weird schedule juggling if more teams test positive going forward. I mean, this whole thing is basically concentrated between the move the moves at least are mainly affecting the Chargers and um Dolphins have moved twice, their games are changed and the Broncos. So it's like again, it's mainly staying in the AFC. So like some of these games that are moving to later in the year could end up being in a position to affect playoff seedings and just situations like that. Like imagine playing uh, the Dolphins and Broncos and moves from week six to week 11, like you just said. Uh, week six is this week. So it's... Um, um, sorry, what's the word? Oh, yeah, playing in Denver in October is a lot different than playing in Denver in like November, December time. Five weeks on the line. So it's like, again... It, it's something everyone's going to have to deal with with the, the fluid changes that uh, of the NFL because of the corona. And I could easily see next week get a whole new list of teams that have changed their um, weeks because of something that comes up. All right. Uh, in other news, Le'Veon Bell has finally finally, finally left the Jets. Um, the Jets released Le'Veon Bell after he has been tweeting about... That was about... a quite sound, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yes, I, I saw you giving a, a little round of applause over there. The uh, relationship between Adam Gaze and Le'Veon Bell has, has never been good, and it's only gotten worse. And uh, now Le'Veon Bell is free... And the Jets have uh, nothing to show for the the massive, massive contract that they that they paid him. They gave him, I believe, fifty two million over four years, and out of all of that, he uh, I don't think he ever. His his total yardage didn't go over one thousand, at least for rushing, I believe. It's um It just never worked out. Let's just yeah. plain and simple. It never worked out. And probably never was going to work out. Um Yeah, they never used him. Three point seven yards at three point two seven yards per carry roughly. He just didn't look he like got. he didn't look like the same running back at all. It all started when he sat out that one year because he was so selfish. When he when when he felt he was overvalued, when he was undervalued, and um, no, just waiting for this to happen, and it happened. And the Jets, the Jets are the Jets too, so it's like everything's in a dumpster fire with them. Where do you think Le'Veon Bell is headed next? Do you Nowhere. have any predictions? Nowhere? Nope. Okay. He's sitting, I, don't, I do not want him to come to Chicago. I can tell you that. Yeah. The, he's uh, going distra- to be, be a distraction. 
The Bears have we been don't mentioned distractions. as a landing place. Uh, the Eagles has been mentioned as a landing place. Something interesting, the Patriots have also been mentioned as a landing place because apparently Bill Belichick has always praised Le'Veon Bell. So uh, look out for that. That doesn't surprise maybe. me. That doesn't surprise me because he picks up everyone in the hands of turning them into treasure. Yeah, um, that would be interesting if the Patriots were to sign him. I would, uh, I would actually like to see that. I think see what Bill Belichick is able to do with him. But um, playing against them, playing against the Jets twice a year. Oh, <laughs> how would that feel for uh, Adam Gase and the poor Jets fans? But uh, in other news, Cam Newton for the Patriots has been activated off the COVID nineteen list. Also, the NFL has canceled their Pro Bowl for the first time since 1949. It will be replaced by various virtual activities instead, with the 2022 Pro Bowl being awarded to Las Vegas next season. And also, going back to the Jets, Joe Flacco has been named the starter for uh, another week. Yeah. Yay. I mean, <laughs> he didn't play that well last week. What's going to make you think he played, he's going to play well this week? So, again, the Jets are the Jets. And that's all I'm going to leave it at. Because we will figure that out in the power rankings, NFL.com's power rankings. And okay, how does a team that didn't play a game, move up one spot to number two. Magic. It's because the team that was number one lost their game. Because the Packers, the Packers moved from um, number two to number one, which meant the Chiefs dropped from number one to number two. Uh, here we go again. All these teams are, have been constantly remaining steady. The Ravens are steady at three. Um, here's one switch. Um, the Steelers moved up to number four from number five, who are apparently 4 0 for the first time in 41 years. That doesn't feel right, but I guess uh, I guess that happened. <laughs> Maybe that uh, break. The COVID bye week that they had paid off. The uh, speaking of the COVID bye week, the Titans moved up, moved up two spots to number five. They were previously number seven. Seahawks stayed steady at number six. The Bills dropped three spots to number seven. Originally, previously they were number four. The Rams moved up one spot to eight. From nine, the Browns have cracked the top ten with coming in at number nine. Previously, they were number four, number 13, moving up four spots. With the New Orleans Saints, they've moved up one spot to number 10, previously number 11. Thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I find it interesting that they dropped the Chiefs now to uh, number two 
just because of this one loss. But honestly, I feel like maybe they should have been dropped earlier because of the game against the Patriots in which the offense really couldn't do anything. And that showed again against the, uh, the Raiders. Um, Seahawks at number six. That's something I find interesting. They've been, they've been one of the most steady teams, I think. Um, and I think they deserve to be a little bit higher, even if some of those games were really close, because really you just got to believe in Russell Wilson. Now you got to believe that he's, yeah, he's going to bring you back. I mean, Mahomes can't lose in, in September, but he can end up losing in October. Like the first game in October and he loses. Wait, this is, this is the first game in October? No. Whatever. It's roughly around that. I'm sorry. But like he loses, he's undefeated in September and then October comes around and then he starts losing. And then he loses to the Raiders too. Like they don't, I think this is his only maybe second or third divisional loss in his career as a starter. Credit to the Raiders and John Gruden, though, for figuring them out. That was um, interesting to find out. Speaking of the Raiders, they jumped up eight spots to 13 because of that. They were up there at 21 before. And... The Bears, I always have to mention the Bears, moved up six spots to number 16. So, I mean, we're making progress, climbing, climbing up the ladder with uh, previously number 22, which we'll get into that game as we always do. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to see any other thing that stands out. Yeah, the Niners lost. Um, 40... They went down to 21. Seven spot drop. They, they haven't been... Well, I want to say they haven't been what I expected them to be at the beginning of the season, but of course, they've also lost a big chunk of their team to various injuries, whether it be season-ending or you know, missing for a few weeks. But for the 49ers to lose to the Dolphins in such a dramatic fashion is uh, is something that's fascinating to me. And then for Jimmy Garoppolo to be benched um, that was a shock, you know? after was halftime. Honestly, that was honestly kind of surprising to see that that happen, um, the benching. And the Cowboys ended up dropping two spots, even though they did come away with a victory. They dropped to 22. I think it's the worry that Andy Dalton cannot lead the team in the way that Prescott has been leading the team. He did but, lead them uh, towards the end. Uh, yeah. It's something, so, um, to see how, it's something to see how that um, plays yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and if we head all the way to the bottom of the list, we see Hello some very familiar names. 
<laughs> New York Jets at 32. New York Giants at 31. Washington football team at 30. So, um, yeah, yikes. Yikes down there. Um, I guess if there's if there's two things that we can be sure of, it's that the top 10 will stay pretty steady and uh, the bottom will stay pretty steady as well. It's just the middle that's going to be changing. Um, let's go into this. Do you want to talk about a few games? Yeah, sure. Uh, why don't we start with Seahawks and Vikings, which was quite the game, that I must say. Was, I, indeed it was. Um, I mean, at one point, Seahawks were winning 13-0. to zero. My bad. That's not what happened. The Vikings were no, up. It's the, it's the other way around. Come on, Trent. You're supposed to correct me on this stuff. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, this was a a kind of back and forth game, really. Um, so the Vikings were leading early, and the Seahawks couldn't seem to get anything going in the first half. And then, uh, you know, if it flipped after halftime, in which the Vikings seemed to not be able to have anything going for them. And the Seahawks were throwing points onto the scoreboard. So they scored they scored 21 points in the, in the third quarter alone. The Seahawks did. And I seriously yeah. think this, this game came down to basically the end of the game when Russell Wilson threw that interception. And it's like this Vikings could have drove down all the way, but they were stopped at fourth and one. So like the Seahawks defense really came in, um, really came in clutch for them. And what what kind of confuses me is why didn't the Vikings kick a field goal there? I mean that could have that could have changed everything. And- I don't know. It's, it's, again, one of those questionable decisions that you think in that moment you're not pushing too hard on. You want to go in for the win, but it's like the other side has Russell Wilson. So it's like either you you don't make it and you give him the ball right then or you make it and you keep the ball and you keep it away from him. So, But then he went down and got, got the game-winning score. Like literally yeah. right at the end of the game. Yeah. Metcalf. Um, I believe it was ten seconds left or so. But yeah, yeah. That, that was DK Metcalf has been on fire this year. He's been absolutely on fire. I think he's been basically Russell Wilson's go to guy. You know, whether it's um Why not? Yeah. He's he's a really powerful receiver. He and, did. Uh, he had that one mistake that, like last week, where he, sorry, the week before, where he just dropped the ball yeah, too early, but celebrated too early. He's redeemed himself since then. And Russell yeah. Wilson is apparently seven and zero against the uh, Vikings. So, uh, good luck, Minnesota. Try never beat him. It looks like you can't. Yeah, and another uh, 
another rough week for Minnesota. I mean, they're, they're not a, they're not a bad team. You know, they're pretty, pretty solid, but you know, they, they lost by one point to the Seahawks now. And two weeks ago, they lost by one point to the Titans. And that's, you know, that, that's demoralizing (laughs) when you're just one point away and you just, you can't beat teams. And, you know, the Titans and the Seahawks are some of the top teams right now. And to be one point away from giving them possibly their, their first loss is just so rough. And now uh, Minnesota is at the bottom of the NFC North because of this. They're at one mm-hmm. and four. So are the so are the Lions though. Lions are at um one and three. Yes, one and three. So yeah, I believe they're on a bye week. I think this week. So so luckily the the Lions stay above Minnesota at least for now. It's only, it's only going to have to be able to see where it goes from here. Um, another interesting game came up with the Chargers and the Saints. The Monday night game and ended up going overtime. I mean, at one point I was really worried about the uh, Saints because they were, they were not doing so good against the, against the Chargers. They were... They were losing at halftime, twenty to ten. In general, the Saints have not been having a a very good time. I mean, you know, they they were able to pull out this win against the Chargers. They're three and two now, but uh, ouch! <laughs> you know, they just haven't been what I would have expected from a team that's led by Drew Brees. Uh, and the Saints also have not had Michael Thomas, their star wide receiver. He's been number one injured and number two, not helping the team morale at all by getting into fights with his teammates and uh, generally not having a good attitude with his coaches either. He was fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be something pretty big if you're you get suspended by the team and then you said find uh so he was he was supposed to come back for this game but because of his actions the saints decided to keep him on the bench for this one and um yeah i don't know uh he was the offensive player of the year last season and um now he's now he's just trouble for the team do you do you see him being traded no he's still probably one of the best players on the team and the team needs players at this point because i mean the first half performance by the saints could have um could have gone better could have gone just Put it simple, it. Um, but they came out with the win. I mean, the last, the last um, portion of the game was um, 
something to watch because just then the comeback situation and just to force the game to go in overtime. Would they touch down at the end of the uh, end of the end of the quarter? So who knows? Yeah. It's the uh, Saints have been up and down, just like every team has been this year. So it's just another story to keep monitoring. The Chargers had a chance to win this at the very end of the fourth quarter as well. Uh, five seconds left, and they they miss the field goal barely. <laughs> I believe it. I think it hit the hit the yeah. right upright. Yeah, yeah, it did. Reminded me of a, a dunk situation. Oh no! <laughs> a situation a that should never be br- brought up. <laughs> It was just a single doink, though, this time, not a double doink. Yeah. Um, I I have to say, though, Justin Herbert has been performing pretty well. Uh, much, Surprising. Yeah, much better than I would have expected. I, I wouldn't have expected him to play at all this year, except, except Rod Taylor got hurt. Yeah, he received the uh, the the wrong end of the stick and the wrong end of the injection. <laughs> what what is it called? Um, syringe. The wrong end of the syringe. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's unfortunate for him to to lose his starting position like that, but um. Good for good for Justin Herbert and the team. Yeah, good for the rookie to make the most of his opportunities. I mean, he was only three years old when Drew Brees started playing in the NFL. So just to be on the same stage as him must have been something. And especially since Drew Brees did play for the Chargers at the start of his career. Bringing it, but, bringing uh, it back, Bilal. <laughs> bringing it all the way back. <laughs> little, little bit of history reference over there. I see. Of course. Um, last game we're going to cover is the obvious, the Bears game, and man, that felt good. That I mean, this team cannot seem to win a game without providing some sort of mini panic attack. But uh, came out with a win after. Being down thirteen to zero, coming out at halftime with a fourteen to thirteen lead, and never look back. Yeah, um, man, this game feels like so long ago. Uh, exactly one week from right now, last uh, last Thursday. But wow, I when you said. Panic, mini panic attack, mini panic attack is right. <laughs> uh, that last drive, the last, wow, the last few drives, actually, I was really, really feeling it. Um, when the Bears had to punt in the fourth quarter, when they were down, and they had to punt it back to Tampa Bay, and I was like, oh, man. The, the defense has to go against Tom Brady. This and I mean the defense was winning the the battle at the line of scrimmage, I felt like most of the day, but 
Yeah, they got a lot of pressure on, on Brady, especially Mac. And, yeah. I mean, he had like maybe two or three sacks, and one of them was even called back due to a penalty situation. But, um, no, I got nervous at the end of the game when they give the ball back to Brady with a minute and 36 seconds after we go, go ahead to kick that field goal. Um, you just give Tom Brady too much time. But a uh, good thing for us is that uh, Tom Brady can't count. He had a, a little senior moment. <laughs> no, it's, uh, is it fourth down? No, 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 buddy. That was fourth down. You don't get five tries. You only get four. That was that was rough on him. And, um, you know, he he said and Bruce Arian said, you know, they, they knew the – the down count, but um, I don't. I don't think they did. <laughs> I don't think Brady did. What do you think of the fact that he ran off the field at the end of the game without meeting anyone? I mean, I I feel like Tom Brady has generally been like that throughout his career. Uh, they say they say it was a Corona protocol type of thing but really I, I, I think they're just I mean, giving the him before, the benefit of the doubt <laughs> the week before he met with uh, justin herbert at midfield after after winning that game throwing five touchdowns and then this week they played the packers are they gonna he's not gonna meet aaron Rodgers. apparently it's the second time the one the first time would be the super bowl against the Eagles, and this is now the second where he did not meet with Nick Foles after the game. I mean, maybe it's just bad blood with Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles is, <laughs> has, uh, has become the, let's, let's call him the, the modern Eli Manning to Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, so far, yeah. You see the, the meme that the Photoshop picture that Brady posted congratulating the Lakers on their championship takes LeBron's head, puts it on his body with the fourth down because it's LeBron's fourth <laughs> championship. So he put, I mean, you, I mean, that's just that he's not taking that too hard. But um uh, glad the Bears are four and one. I'm just, I'll take four and one over. One and four, or because it could easily be the the other way around with some of the way these games have gone. But um, yeah, the Lions game and the the Falcons game, both of them that were unexpected comebacks. <laughs> this game as well. Um, even the Giants game in the beginning of the year could have gone the other way. Every game this year could have gone the other way, but thankfully we all only have one loss. Nagy wasn't too pleased about um, the third down situation, though. The next day, his press conference basically lists out our third down situations and how we couldn't convert them. So it's like, we got to do better on third down. We haven't been doing that well, but... uh, and we got to score more points. That's one thing that has to happen. So, um, yeah, third down. We were only thirty percent on third down 
this past game. So we got to get that higher. Which yeah, we seems can't to be always the situation. Be, can't always be relying on the defense. Yeah, I agree. Which is what we have been doing so far. I mean, the, the Bucks were in a situation where it was like first and like thirty. Now that was in that that gave me throwback to week one of last year, against Green Bay when the Bears were in a first and like forty situation. So glad to see it happen to another team this time instead of our own. Yeah, you can't have that many penalties. And after that, Tom Brady was heated. He was heated on the sidelines when he went back. He's like, <laughs> he's like, this he is went, ridiculous. He went, after, he went after after his lineman, which is not a unusual sight to see. It's common practice to see Tom Brady yelling at his offensive lineman. Um. All right, so I think we're getting towards the end, but we cannot end the show without making our picks. And uh, last week I went eleven and three with my picks, and you went seven and seven. And we're not going to even. We're not. No, we're not going to talk about mine. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Uh, no, I I went I I went seven and seven. Um, like you mentioned. Uh, yeah, we're we're on to week six. As Bill Belichick might say, on the we're on to week six. <laughs> All right, let's go. Broncos right, and Patriots. Uh, Patriots. Same. Um, Texans at Titans. I'm going to go with the Titans here. I am also going with them because I still do not trust the Texans, even though they did win their first game. And it was a pretty convincing win, too. But history has not been good so far to the Texans. Um, Ravens and Eagles. I'm going to have to go with the Ravens here. Same here, Ravens. Falcons and Vikings. Uh, I think this will be the one that the Vikings win. Thinking... um, the Ravens, I'm mean, sorry, not the Ravens, the Falcons, got my birds mixed up. I believe the Falcons are going to have the same type of situation that Texans are in, getting their first win after firing their head coach. So I'm going with the Falcons. Um, Browns and Steelers. The Browns have been surprisingly four and one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Browns on this one. Oh, I'm still taking the Steelers, but I was just mentioning how they have surprised me. The Bengals and the Colts. Ooh, I, I'm i going to go with the Bengals here again. <laughs> Third week in a row. Have you gotten any of those right? Yeah, I got one of them right. I didn't get last week's right. Uh, okay. We're going to hope I get this one. Uh, Lions and Jaguars. No, did I make my pick? I, I don't believe you did. I say I w- I'm going with the Colts. So. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Lions or Jaguars? Oh man. Um, you know I like I like what Gardner Minshew's doing, but these are both kind of iffy teams. I'm gonna go with the Lions here. Iffy teams? What do you mean? Like they're bad. 
I am going with the um Yeah, they one team was one and three, the other team was one and four. <laughs> I'm just for the fact that the game is being played in Jacksonville and they have some type of fans, I'm going with the Jaguars. Even the Lions did just come off there by a week. Uh, Bears to Panthers, uh, no question. I'm going with the Bears. Thank you going very much. With the Bears as well. I think they have a good uh, shot at this. Washington football team versus the New York Giants. Oh. Oh, wow. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with the Giants here, especially if Washington is going back out there with Kyle Allen. He didn't really show me anything last week. I am also going with the Giants. Uh, Jets at Dolphins. I'm going with the Dolphins. Just got to get that out there. Yep, the going. Jets are horrible. <laughs> Dolphins as well. Packers and Buccaneers. I'm going to go Packers. Going Buccaneers. Okay. <laughs> Tom Brady's had 10 days to prep for this, and he's off that horrible loss, and it's in Tampa with fans. And I usually don't pick the Packers ever. You um, think uh, Tom Brady's times. Tom Brady's coming back uh, with a vengeance? Oh yeah. Rams at Forty ers Wow. In another world, I would have picked the Forty ers but just because of how terrible everything has been going for them, I got to go with the Rams. I am also going with the Rams because uh, of everything you just said. You bench your starting quarterback at halftime and then you expect to win the game, which you don't win the game, and you lose to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins. Taking the taking the Rams. Chiefs and Bills. I'm going to go Chiefs on this one. See, originally I had written down Bills, but now I'm thinking Chiefs just came off their first win and lost the year. Bills as well. They're still a good, yeah. But the Chiefs are still, I think, a really good team. So I'm changing my pick to the Chiefs. All right. Sounds good. And the last game is the Cardinals and the Cowboys. I am going with the Cardinals here. I am too. I, I don't, it's not to say that I think Andy Dalton's a bad quarterback. It's just to say that it might take him a week or so to get adjusted to being the guy now. So um, we're going to see where this ends up. Hopefully you don't end up in a dead 7-7 again. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully no games get postponed. Oh, like they man. did last week. This, uh, this 7 and 7 might haunt me. You've been uh, continuously picking very well throughout the beginning of the season. Well, we'll have to add them up at the end and see where we are. You could, you could squeeze out a, a victory. Do you know what you are overall, your record? Um, I know what I was last week, and I was only one or two games behind you. 
but now I am very far behind because of this week. Well, we'll see. We'll have to add these up at some point and see where we are as uh, for the whole season so far. But uh, I think that does it. Anything else you want to add, or you think we're good? No, I think we are. We're good. We had a pretty good show. A lot of good discussion and uh, a lot of things to look forward to this week. All right, cool. So thank you for listening to the By the Laces podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. We hope you have a great rest of the week. Don't forget to follow us, Bill Mallard 15 and Trent underscore Cito. Please stay safe and wear a mask.